Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nika Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Hi everyone, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are, and welcome to our last session for African Family Business for today. Today we're joined by Abiola Adedion, who will be talking through building sustainable enterprises through succession planning. So the floor is yours. Hi everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is where you are. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you, uh, Nike, the entire EFF team for having me on board. I'm particularly excited about the topic that, you know, we're talking about today. And I think that it's, um, it's a very timely topic, right? And it's something that is, you know, of interest to every uh, family business owner or family enterprises in Africa and of course indeed uh, in you know other parts of the world it's um, an issue that a lot of family business owners really shy away from right uh, many times we're not we're not having these conversations around succession planning how do we take this you know uh, business from one generation to another until you know we now get to the point where we really have to have those conversations right uh where maybe the first generation is now thinking of retiring and of course expecting the second generation to pick things up and then on and on like that right but i believe that um it is our desire even as we build you know institutions to see those institutions move from one generation to to another and we want to see seamless wealth transfer right so i have a presentation that i'm going to be running through i'm, I'm just going to be discussing um a couple of points as you know we, we we delve into the issue of succession planning and of course i will be taking questions um right after the presentation i want to believe that a lot of us you know will really be interested in uh in this discussion so i'm just gonna share my screen so that you can see um, we are not uh, having a bit of a challenge mm. okay okay i'm there now so if you can see my screen can you see my full screen now please confirm yes. if you can see my yes. full screen you can see the full screen now it's perfect now okay fabulous okay good all right so we're talking about succession planning and you know how to ensure that we build sustainable businesses and we're able to pass on um you know our institutions our enterprises from one generation to another so basically um i'd like for us to just first of all you know talk about some of the issues and i just you know dropped some uh some some uh top of mind questions you know that people uh talk about especially when whenever we bring up this whole conversation you know about um succession planning and the dynamics of succession planning can actually also be different uh, from one family to another, because again, the complexities are different, um, the different realities are different. So you are, if you run a, a business, for instance, where the husband and the wife are involved in the business, right? 
it brings another interesting side to the conversation, right? So um, in instances where the, the partner or the spouse or the two of them can't agree on a plan as to how, you know, they're going to go about passing their wealth or passing their uh, enterprises to the next generation. You know, it's, it brings up a very interesting uh, side to the conversation. Now, there are some other families as well, just by the makeup of the family. And because the there is this complicated family dynamics already going on in the family, all of these things sort of play out when you start to have conversations about succession planning as it relates to the business. There's also this conversation about whether the business will survive without the owner. Because again, if you look at a lot of businesses in Africa, we tend to build these businesses around ourselves as the owner. I mean, just check most businesses, you know, especially those that are sort of, you know, small, medium scale uh, businesses, not those ones that have gone public. And even at times for some businesses that have even gone public, you can still see that owner figure, you know, still all over the business. It almost looks like the business is really wound around the owner. And there is this one figure that sort of holds everything together. And the question is, if this person steps aside, if this person is no longer in the picture, is the business itself going to survive, right? So those are some of the things that often crop up and or often you know come to the surface and becomes issues to be discussed as we think about succession planning. There's also the issue of lack of time for a plan, and that is because for the most part, people don't have these conversations or people don't you know intentionally put in place a plan before the time is up for them to start to you know go through the process of uh, moving to the next generation right and so things are done in a very shoddy way there's no time this and that this has to happen and those uh, the decisions are not really thought through properly and that can actually mean you know um potential death of the business, right? At the end of the day, because when things are not properly done or the handshake between first and second generation is not properly uh, and seamlessly done, right? It can actually mark the beginning of the end of the family enterprise. There's also the issue of, we don't know how to start succession plan, right? Um, for a lot of people, they don't even understand what succession planning really entails, right? How do you start to engage the family members that were not involved in the family ab initio, right? How do you start to even broach those conversations? What steps should you take? You know, what are the things that are involved? Some, of you, some other people still ask questions like, what will legacy be? What exactly, you know, is the legacy that we're building, right? What sort of future? Are we trying to create for the 10th generation? You know, assuming that our business enterprises are strong enough to, you know, stand the test of time. And there's also the backup plan versus the succession plan. You know, when you talk about succession planning with some people, some people will tell you, oh, we have a backup plan. We have somebody that can step into, you know, certain positions if one person is not there and the other. And there's really more or less like temporary plans, not really proper succession plan. And some people also still confuse succession planning with retirement plan, right? Retirement plan can be pretty personal, right? But succession planning is bigger than just you, right? At the heart of, you know, the entire enterprise building and all that. 
Then there's also the part that I already talked about, which is having your identity tied to the business and just being able to sort of separate, you know, the, the owner of the business, the person that everybody has gotten used to, the person that everybody knows that has, you know, been the one running the business. When you have that identity tied to the business, it's usually, you know, a very tough call. There's also the fact that, you know, uh, the primary advisor is not as knowledgeable on succession planning. So let's imagine that you have a family office or you have a set of a, a group of people, you know, that sort of manage the affairs of the of the family's business. And these guys are not as knowledgeable about succession planning, right? Um, that's why you see that people will not be comfortable to have these conversations and they just put it um, at the back burner until it now becomes a pressing issue to talk about. And then of course, the last one is, and, I, and, and I'm not even sure that I've exhausted all the, you know, issues or the questions that people ask. But I mean, the last one on my on my slide is multiple financial relationships. So how do you manage all of this together, right, to really be able to ensure that your enterprises are sustainable over time just by the fact that you're able to put in place a succession plan? So let's talk about what succession plan really is. Business succession planning is the development of a process that will transfer the ownership and or the control of a business to the next generation. It's really as simple as that, right? Now, I, I dare say that when you think about succession planning, there is a business angle of succession planning, and there is also the family succession planning, right? And if you don't have a proper structure within the family in terms of determining who does what, because again, you could have a big family where it's not everybody that you know, really is involved in the family business, right? There are other people who may feel like, you know, I don't want to be involved in the family business. I want to do my own thing. And that sort of diversity within the family and the family dynamics and all of that just playing in there. You need to also figure out, you know, how the family succession planning works, right? Who in the family sits on the board of the company? Who in the family takes decision on behalf of people that are not as active, right? They are not active owners and they really don't want to be active. They are happy just being passive owners and all of those things. So, so that whole thing, that whole thing is also something to think about. But the business succession planning in itself is also another kettle of fish, right? Because beyond um, working on the the business itself in terms of succession, maybe the management team and uh, succeeding even on the, on the board as well. There's also succession at the level of the board that you need to think of. So as a business owner right now, there are people that you're comfortable working with. They are in your generation and there are probably people that are about, about you know, your, your, your age group, right? But by the time the second generation is coming on board, they would also want to relate with people that are, you know, their own age group and have that understanding that people at their own level have and that sort of thing. And the truth is that as you're aging, the people on the board that are sort of helping you to shape this business, build this business and grow this business, they are also aging, right? So you also have to think of succession planning even at that level, including even the management of these businesses. So every business owner must eventually make these decisions about the organization and the disposition of the business and the biggest advantage at you know to succeeding as succession really is very important and you have to know what your options are and as i usually say business succession is a process it's not an event it's not something that will happen once it's not something that you you're going to say oh by xyz date is when we're going to you know start doing business succession <laughs> as it were right the process allows ownership and uh, leadership 
to be able to face those very difficult issues over time because the truth is you're going to need time to deal with all of the different issues because you're dealing with people right and because we also have our own different should i say interests even though we are one big family even though it's our family enterprise and we all belong to the same family our interests are largely different right there are some people that are willing for the family business to continue to grow and they want to keep it within the family there are some people that would rather just sell the business the family business they can't be bothered with running the business they don't mind cashing out you know, and all of that, because people have divergent views, you will have different views, different ideas. So it's important that the family legacy is established, the family legacy is, you know, is institutionalized, so to speak, you know, within the family and everybody buy into it. And it's important that also the family values are clearly defined. And so these are all the things that this whole process of succession planning will bring to the fore and so it's not an event it's a process it will take time right and it should actually be done way ahead of time to maximize all the issues that will come up and i'm still talking about the relational issues that you have to deal with most of the time that's like usually the biggest thing to deal with but beyond that even at the business level you will find that you are dealing with transfer pricing issues you're dealing with you know the tax consequences of the decisions or the options that you choose right so let me give you a very good example let's say for instance you have your family business being um, maybe owned or you have maybe a holding company of some sort right that holds all of your entire stakes in your businesses let's say you have multiple businesses but you have some a holding company that maybe was um set up in cayman islands or in mauritius perhaps maybe for tax purposes or for whatever other reasons right that you decided you decided to set up your business uh, um there it's possible that the next generation may feel like okay we want to move this you know our business from mauritius from cayman islands we want to move it to singapore we want to move it to another jurisdiction perhaps maybe because you know the next generation are moving in a particular direction let's say let's even bring it home we're in nigeria i'm in nigeria so let's imagine that you're a business owner in nigeria uh, because you're seeing you know the economic condition maybe it's not really very favorable to your businesses and stuff like that and you're really thinking about you know maybe your next generation are thinking about taking the business outside of nigeria Meanwhile, you as the first generation business owner, you are very patriotic, right? <laughs> you want the business to remain in Nigeria. You know, you are a very, very Nigerian person. Meanwhile, the most, maybe most of your second generation are already outside of Nigeria and you don't want to come to Nigeria. Like they don't want to come back to Nigeria and they are not even interested whether it is the business or something. They would rather move the business out of Nigeria for the business to continue. So there are things to think about. So juggling all of those issues that will come up, right? Be able to decide where the business is even set up. And then the transfer pricing issues, the tax consequences of this sort of transition, you know, can be huge, right? And so that's why you need to start this whole process ahead of time. And also uh, business succession planning is one part of your overall complex estate plan and it must be coordinated in a way that you know helps you to really maximize your tax exposures because at times um depending again on on you know the kind of decisions that you're making right as it relates to your entire estate planning because the truth is that you it may not just be the businesses that you have you may have real estate you may have other form of assets that are maybe even held by a trust right on behalf of the, of the family and all that and you know how you want those things to be 
uh, to be to be dealt with after your after the death of the business owner or the first generation patriarchs and matriarchs, right? Whatever it is that you decide in terms of how you want those things to be administered after you know you are you are gone, you know all of those things have implications, and it can potentially mean that even the family wealth you may you know it's possible that you may be losing quite a bit of your family wealth if you don't manage all of these things properly in terms of the value, like there could be leakages, tax leakages here and there, that if you're not properly advised, the overall wealth management thing, you may find that the business, the, the family actually loses value as it transit from one generation to another. So you can see that it's, it's, you know, it's a big picture thing and it's something that has to be done with every level of seriousness and intentionality. So what are the issues to consider when you think about business succession planning? The first thing is, is the business in viable position for succession? And that is why I'm particularly very passionate about really putting structure in your business. And for people that know me, <laughs> my second name is almost business structure because I feel like um, a lot of us, the way we do business in Africa, we do business in a way that is convenient for us, right? Um, many people do business you know, just really having that whole mindset that, okay, it's my family thing and all that. And you have not quite really put, um, you know, proper structure in place that can really enable the process of succession when you're ready to do, to, to you know, to pass it on to the next generation. And again, as we think about succession, it's possible that, you know, your exit strategy is not necessarily that you pass it to the next generation. Your exit strategy could actually mean that you're actually selling the business, Right. So how do you sell your business and make sure that you're getting top dollar for, you know, all of the sweat and blood and everything that you are putting it over the years to build? So depending on all the options that are available to you, let's imagine that the business cannot just come to consensus as to how they're going to take the business forward and continue to manage it. And you decide that you want to sell the business. If you haven't quite put a good structure in that business, you're not going to be able to sell it for much. Right. So it's very important in terms of the shareholding structure, where you think about succession planning, those are some of the things that you have to definitely, you know, uh, put in place and ensure that those things are in order. So uh, the question is, can the management and the ownership really successfully transfer this business, whether it is to the family members, there are instances where even the employees of those businesses can actually buy the business. So we, we've seen um, instances of employee buyouts, right, of companies, or maybe it will be sold ultimately to a third party. So that's something to think about. Another thing is, can the business be retained in a family? I already talked about the fact that, you know, the, the, the dynamics of the family relationship and, and, and all of that, and of course, even the way the operations of the businesses are being managed is really something to consider when you think about, you know, the makeup of your family, how many people are interested in the business or have the competency, right, to be able to be um, responsible owners. In some instances, it's possible that nobody's interested in really working in the business, but you still have some sort of framework some sort of family governance framework that allows the family to still be involved at whatever level that you decide you want to be involved in and the business can still function and can still move from one generation to another. Number three is um, retirement strategies for both the owners and perhaps if you have a family office that is managing you know, the business, you have to think about that, okay? Because when the owner of a business retires, uh, uh, the future may depend on how much money they now need to be able to keep their lifestyle going and all of that. And if you have maybe a family office or somebody of um, 
maybe a group of people that you've put together over a period of time that have been overseeing the affairs of the business. If the um, if the major person, or let's say the CEO of the family office retires, right, the future of every part of the family could be at stake, including the success of the business as, as well, right? So that's why I said when you think about succession planning, don't just think about it from just the family alone. There is also the business angle, right? And succession planning then cuts across the entirety of the business because you have to think about even your, your team, your team succession, you have to think about the management team, you have to think about the boards, you know, the board that are um, on, on businesses and think of succession, even at that level, it has to be that detailed so that it's holistic. Also, transition strategies um, in the event of death, both the ownership and the family office uh, management uh, need uh, succession strategies. So it's important that you have very clear cut strategies so that your, your your succession of the asset and the management is seamless, you know, in terms of the transfer or whatever it is that needs to be done. And also to the extent that it applies, um, an owner's disability can also trigger succession. So let's say that uh, the owner of the business became sick or something happens to the business owner, then you then know who essentially needs to, you know, uh, step into the into the shoes of the of the business owner and, and and take things forward. So you have to determine what level of expertise is required. Would you have to get a, um, a professional with expertise that is needed, you know, to be able to step into the shoes, or is there somebody in the family who is already sort of shadowing the business owner so that you know there's somebody that can actually also um, you know take over very quickly. Also, if there are plans in place and whether um, they are tax advantageous. Remember, I spoke about the fact that you will have various options when you start to think about succession in terms of, you know, different different decisions that you will have to make. But at every point in time, you need to check whether, you know, those options have, um, the, you know, in terms of your taxes, in terms of your exposures, um, whether you're taking decisions that would not bring out, uh, uh, would not result in a lot of leakages and a lot of, um, it's a lot of tax exposure because at the end of the day you have created value you've preserved this value over the years you now don't want a situation where this whole succession planning thing you know creates some sort of leakage for value to just be eroded right so you want to ensure that you're keeping the capital gains in case where you're selling assets uh your estate and you know just ensure that all the tax exposures are pretty much minimized and you don't um it doesn't jeopardize other elements of the succession plan the other thing is also that you know is is the estate plan well coordinated right you know there's also the businesses and then there's the other things that you know, um a wealthy family may have invested in so you have a lot of real estate you have investment in yacht um in you maybe you have you know private jets you have arts at work you have a lot of other assets basically you know, job invested in, and that is why it has to be a holistic process. Okay, is there a defined process for successor choice? Hmm. This one can be a bit tricky, right? So, if the family will take over, are they able and are they fully prepared, right? Um, if it's the children that are taking over the family business, are the children well prepared? Do they understand the business? Are they old enough? Are they mature enough? And if it is trusted employees that are taking over, do they understand the family vision, values and all that? Are they in alignment, you know, with the family? So again, those are very soft issues, but they are major issues, right? 
and there are things that you need to take seriously as you think about succession planning for your business. And of course, are the important documents in place in case where you're going to be selling the business, you have the buy-sell agreements and every other sort of um, memorandum of understanding that you probably will be getting into and other shareholder documentation. Those are crucial, you know, and you have to ensure that all of these things are in place. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about these buy-sell agreements because that must be if you make a decision as to whether you want to sell. So let's talk about the steps for a smooth transition. Number one is you need to plan ahead, right? Have a candid family conversation. It's very important. And because most businesses are family owned, the place to start is to ask the questions, you know, as simply as possible. <laughs> Just, you know, engage your family in some sort of structured family meeting where you sort of start to broach these conversations and ask, you know, are the family members interested in running the business? Some people may say yes, some people may say no, but they need to understand what it takes to also run the business. Some people may feel like it is going to mean that, you know, I don't have a life and then I don't want to be involved. If it's going to mean that I'm going to really have to sacrifice my personal life just because I want to run this business. Some people may say, you know what, please count me out. I'd rather be a passive owner rather than being active. But again, you need to understand that people are different. Some people may be active, so others may be passive, but you need to know, um, you need to find a way to sort of reward the people that are active because people also want to know what's in it for them right if they choose to step into the active position of managing the business and there's also the issue of money and succession and all that um i, I know that that's that's an area that can be a bit tricky and people may not necessarily want to talk about it openly you know especially when it relates to passing the family button to the next generation but again you will have to talk about it <laughs> so consider having someone from outside to sort of moderate um you know these conversations and lead the family to you know make precise um decisions on these things um from my experience for instance for the family office that i work with with um you know we we institutionalized some of these meetings so we have things that are called family assembly where the family office is sitting you know um periodically with the families right and you know just having these conversations maybe not necessarily succession yet but just helping them to understand what the businesses are about how the businesses are doing you know and just hearing their views and just getting them interested gradually in the business affairs before you start to talk talk to them about you know um it's now time for us to sort of you know get the the second generation in and really also educating them and getting them exposed giving them the right exposure that helps them to be able to naturally be able to make up their minds as to whether it is they're going to be able to you know actively uh take the leadership of the business going forward or not so i think that's also uh something that is very very uh important to consider so you can have things like uh, you can form like a family council right uh people that make decisions on behalf of the family and have representatives at different levels you know who contribute to these conversations and then they are the ones that are now sort of liaising maybe there's somebody or one or two people who are now like the spokespeople that has with the rest of the of the business in terms of whether they're sitting with the board or sitting with the management of the business just essentially establishing that conversation or that line of conversation between the families and the business right of course, there are difficult issues that typically arise that can stall, you know, succession planning process. And, you know, some of the issues could be whether the potential successors are old enough or they are capable enough, maybe based on their level of education, their age, and all of that. Then 
Also, you need to consider how can the stress on the family during the succession planning process be mitigated? Because the truth is that it can actually be you know, very stressful, right? Especially if you don't start early or where the whole thing is happening when the family is really going through a tough time, right? Let's say, for instance, the family owner dies um, prematurely and maybe the family is going through grief and they're going through a lot of things, you know, and then we're now doing succession planning and that sort of thing. So that's why it's important that you start way ahead of time. And it's important for you to also have guardians in just sort of having a coordinated approach to the vision for the future of the business as it relates to the family values and vision. Don't, you, you, you can't afford to just leave these things without um, being intentional about defining things, right? So you have to have a coordinated approach to defining what the future of the business is or your enterprise essentially as, as a whole is going to look like. Also determine if and how family members will participate in succession planning or in the way decisions are made, you know, in the future of the business through the board of directors, through the family council and all of that. You cannot assume that people will know the right thing to do, right? So <laughs> it's important that you document these things. It's, it's important that you formalize it in policies <laughs> because when you're no longer there, um, it is what is on ground that will really um guide how people conduct themselves you know so it will no longer be an issue of oh i'm older you're younger you should respect me you shouldn't respect me that sort of thing you know, so once you formalize these things put it in policies um develop governance frameworks and maybe work with trustees who can essentially enforce these things i guess it would be somewhat a, a much smoother transition number two is you need to weigh options right um like I usually say, like there are about three primary choices when you think about succession planning. One is the fact that you might be considering transferring the business to family own, uh, members, or you're thinking of selling the business to people within the, the organization. That is in case of an employee buyout, or you're selling the business to an outside party altogether. So now this is a good starting position, um, starting point for the discussion. So you can actually start from there on to engage the rest of the family to start to you know make up your mind as to what exactly would be your option now it's not uncommon to have a combination of alternatives but again what's important is for you to really decide what it is that you're going to do right and it's also important for you to allow time for due diligence and preparation so you can't afford to do these things in a rush you know you have to start ahead of time and make sure that you consider the pros and the cons look at the financial impact look at the tax implication of whatever um um your options or your decisions are and i always advise people to ensure that they are properly guided so don't take all of the advice from inside try to get external parties who are very unbiased and can give you very objective opinion because they, are, they have no stake in whatever it is that is going on in the business and in the family so they can actually dispassionately give you you know uh, very good advice that will be uh for the benefit of the family enterprise and of course the family as well Number three is you need to know your business value. It's very important, right? Before you start to plan succession or even as you jumpstart the whole process, know what your business is worth, right? It's important for you to just have an idea of what your business is worth because many times we overestimate the value based on, you know, some very um, qualitative factors. But it's important that you engage the services of financial advisor to arrange, you know, for evaluation of your business, just to assess, it's not as if you want to sell the business, but just assess what your business is worth and what it could be worth perhaps in five or 10 years time based on your strategy and, you know, the things that you have in plan for the business to do, right? 
And of course, consider the tax implication of your decisions, as I've said. And then number four is define family member roles and responsibilities. This you cannot, in fact, we cannot overemphasize it. You need to consider the roles of family members that are you know, expected to play in the future of the business, right? Um, you can't leave it to chance, right? You know, you need to decide what the options for family members are. Would they be joining the board, right? Or would they just take over ownership, but they won't necessarily be part of the operating, the, the operations, rather, um, or management of the, of the business? Or are you going to have non-family professionals, or are you going to have your current employees who will be running the business day to day, who are the voting shareholders? Who are the people that will have ultimate control? So, I mean, a lot of questions, really. This is not even exhaustive at all, right? But, you know, these are just things for you to start to think about, right? You need to think about these questions dispassionately, right? And then make decisions when the time is right. Also, you need to ensure that you educate the next generation. Now, this is, like, the most important of all the these things that we're talking about, especially when you when your own exit strategy is for the next generation to carry on this business. You want to transfer the ownership of your family enterprise to the next generation. You cannot leave the education of the children and your grandchildren about what the business does and why it is so important to the family. You cannot leave it till you can it can be a guesswork right you you've got to be very intentional about it you have to find a structured way to educate this uh, next generation when i say education not necessarily a formal you know classroom type of education you've got to help you know get them involved at some level you know to understand what the businesses are about how is decision being made in the business you know um you know, what are the different issues that they will have to deal with at some point when it becomes their turn, you know, to take over the burden of running the affairs of the business, right? So every family member needs to understand what their responsibility is, you know, um, the wealth that is being generated, what exactly, you know, is being done with this wealth. Family education is critical, it's very important, and it can come from different ways, right? It may mean that you assign mentors, right, you know, to those, to your children or to your to the next generation and their grandchildren very or early on, you know, business mentors that are probably, you know, stay with the business for quite a bit and they have the history of the business and the children can sort of learn from them. They can also learn by observation, right? You can bring them on board to just watch your board proceedings and see how deliberations have been done, how critical decisions have been taken and all of those sort of things, right? So again, um, this is very crucial. This is very important. So in conclusion, right, you have to do your planning in phases. That's what I have to do because it's not something that you can just start and say you're finishing, right, within a particular period of time. You have to do it in phases, especially, again, if you're looking to transfer your wealth or transfer the family enterprise to the next generation. Depending on where that next generation is right now, it's possible that they are not even ready, you know, to take over the affairs of the business. So you have to sort of plan it in phases. You can, you know, give the to a 12-year-old or to a 15-year-old that does not even quite know his left from his right <laughs> as far as, you know, managing a business is concerned. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where not, you are now too pressed for time to think about planning for the future. So you have to plan ahead and planning phases. There's also, it's important for you to also bring in a family governance expert. We've talked about some of the potential issues you, that can come up from, you know, the family um, you know, just based on the family dynamics that could be very complicated, 
And so you need to bring in a family governance expert to sort of, you know, help you get through this in a very coordinated manner. And just because you don't want emotions involved, right? You want to bring somebody that has um, no interest in the business and in the family to sort of lead on those conversations. Now, giving succession some initial thought, but you aren't sure where or how to get started, you need to find an advisor, basically. That's where you need to start, okay? You need to find an advisor to help you, to show you what the options are, and to share ideas of what has worked in other places that you can consider. Now, begin a training program for the people that are potential successors. It's important. So if you don't see the business continuing to thrive, if you're not there, then you need to find people that can sort of, that you can start training essentially, right? Um, if, if you feel like your business is sort of built around you, around you right now, you're like, you know, the one holding things together, you need to quickly, you know, get on the process of identifying possible successors and really just start grooming them, start training them. Also begin to think about philanthropic or other outside interests. You know, if your identity is tied to the business, think of other things that you can do, you know, that from now can sort of, you know, start to help you focus on all the other things that you're interested in rather than just the business. Also find an advisor, um, advisor that both of you can, that can address the issue of your backup plan and your ultimate succession plan, right? Um, I don't believe that a backup plan is as robust as a, you know, a holistic succession plan. So you, you need to find an advisor to sort of help you harmonize both and maybe perhaps your retirement plan as well. In terms of managing multiple relationships with different financial institutions, you need to determine which one has the expertise in succession planning and, of course, how much they charge for it. But I think value for money is really what is important for me at the end of the day. So... Uh, whichever of those financial institutions or financial advisors or wealth advisors, as it were, that can provide you the right um, expertise to really plan succession, you should actually go for them. Uh, depend and or listen to one primary advisor who may or may not be the right the right person to address succession planning. Or the way you deal with that is you keep in, you, you you keep them involved as part of your team, but you build out other experts around them. Because again, if you run a family business where only one person calls the shots for the most part, right? You have to now deliberately find a way to bring in other experts that can advise you. Also, in situations where partners and spouses don't necessarily agree on what the plan should be, then you need to begin with the importance of really having a discussion in the first place. And in having that conversation, let's not just be me and you sort of conversation. Um, just bring in, you know, a third party that both of you respect and advisors are professional and you know that the person is not taking sides with anybody, is not bringing in emotions and can dispassionately give you the best advice. All right? Then, of course, in terms of your retirement plan, I think I mentioned that it's very interconnected with your, you know, succession plan. So make sure that, you know, everything is sort of aligned. And then, of course, in terms of defining or deciding what your legacy should be, start with your family mission statement and then you can expand it from there. So, done. Questions? Thank you so, so much, Abiola, for such a stunning presentation. We really got to learn um, the aspects of family governance, and uh, I really liked listening to your perspective on it. So we have a few questions, um, and we'd just like to also then invite our audience who have joined us tonight to just also share any questions that they may have at the bottom in, in the chat box, and we will also then give it over to Abiola. 
So I think I will take my first question from the conversation that we had previously with uh, Dr. Peter. I'm not sure if you joined that session, but um, he, he told us about the joys and um, the terrors that can become of polygamy. And also then looking at um, what you discussed in this presentation that was focused primarily on family governance. How do you or how would you advise that uh, families handle governance in a situation where there is polygamy and um, in situations similar to what Dr. Peter described where there is a family that has not been declared and how does this impact governance put in place by the primary family given all the work that goes into governance? Does it still hold water or does it have to be started again? Or how does this then impact the business going forward? I think, um, you know, when you start to think about, you know, a polygamous family, it actually even brings another layer <laughs> to what we're already talking about, right? I mean, if you're working with just a monogamous family, it doesn't mean that you don't have these issues. But with a polygamous family, it's now really more pronounced, right? And the shared number of people that you're dealing with, and because there are now divergent interests, right, that needs to be sort of harmonized. I mean, it's not that everybody is really going to be on the same page every time, but you just have to have some sort of very strong family governance framework that really sort of, brings everybody to um how do i how do i say it makes everybody stretching up <laughs> one way or the other because everybody have their own agenda really pretty much right and i think at the end of the day just similar to what a will does right to somebody who already says this is how i want my state to be managed when i'm gone that's really what a family governance framework does you know when you're no longer there especially for um, assets that are not going to be shared assets that will continue to run and continue to be managed you know on your behalf after you're gone and then maybe the family can of course enjoy the dividend of you know those assets still growing and and all that so i feel like you know for a polygamous family it, it's a no-brainer that you would need to have some very a, a trustee of some sort right or people that professionals you know that can actually um sort of help with administering your family governance and ensuring that you know it's actually is implemented because i mean there are instances where you could ha also have all of this documentation done but people can be funny as well right so you will have to have um, a pool of very trusted professional advisors right whether it's your financial advisors your lawyers you know and um maybe if a, a fund or a trustee or something that manages your estate you know that will essentially ensure that this governance framework is actually um implemented is enforced as it were thank you um you spoke a lot about the importance of succession planning so that we can build sustainable enterprises and legacy enterprises and I guess in my mind, um, I was thinking a huge stumbling block is actually how to approach this topic. Um, as Africans, we um, it's taboo to talk about death. It's as if you're wishing it upon yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Typically, those that stomach and bear the the heavy burden and fears and anxieties of what will happen in the future is the next generation. And also deal with elder dominance, where you know the oldest person in the room is supposed to steer and lead conversations. And then layered on top of that, money is taboo, right? Uh, to talk about money is taboo. To start asking mom or dad, you know, how much is this business worth? Which properties do you own? Is is, is taboo? 
So just a lot of our audience are next gens, um, second gens, third gens who might be in this situation. What tips do you have for them for that single simple step they can take to start to um, acknowledge the elephant in the room and start to have these conversations on succession? So I think that most of the time the conversation around succession is usually easier if it is um, championed by the older generation. That's the truth, right? Where it is the younger generation that is asking questions. It's almost as if you're saying it's your time. I mean, your time is up. You know, come and start going so that we can step in and, and that sort of thing, right? And even for the older generation, even for them to even start this whole conversation, it's almost as if they're saying, okay, I'm about to die or I'm ready to die, you know, <laughs> which usually is not the case, right? But I think, again, it's really just about exposing ourselves to how things are done in the Western world, where these conversations are had, and it's not because somebody is about to die or somebody is wants to take over the family affairs without, you know, uh, cost to the to the older generation. I think at the end of the day, education plays a whole lot of role. And when I say education, I mean education for both the older generation and the younger generation. And then I think what has worked, especially at least for the family office that I, I work with, is the fact that you know you we belong to a body of uh, professional advisors that help us to see how things are done. And because our our founders are people that want things done, you, you know, best practice. You know, how, how does this thing work in other places? And we're trying to just make it work for us as well. At the end of the day, it's not really about what I think or what you think. It's, it's not about our personal interests. It's really about continuity. It's about um, sustainability. It's about legacy, right? So, again, I mean, if a, a next-gen person is here and is thinking, how do I start to broach this conversation? I think one thing you can do is, you know, um, look out for this sort of conferences where these sort of conversations are, are going on. On and you know get everyone that needs to be listening to this kind of things to start to listen to it so that it doesn't come strange when you're the only one talking about it you know in the family or in the business so i think education is really very important exposure to everybody within the organization in the enterprise helping them to understand that these things are really very important and it's not because we have ulterior motive you know that we're having these conversations but just so that we ensure that our family legacy is preserved and you know um the the when the time now comes for succession to really happens it's pretty seamless thank you so much i think our last question for the day is the option of selling the business seems to be increasingly popular what do families need to be thinking about now to be able to achieve that outcome if they want to sell their business Yes. Okay, so I touched on it earlier on, right? Um, it's an option, to be honest, right? Because, again, if you look at the next gen, the next, I mean, this generation, a lot of us are interested in things that our, our parents are not interested in. Or maybe the kind of business that they built is not the kind of business that we want to run. Some of us want to run online businesses. We don't want to do brick and mortar, whatever, right? So it then makes the option of selling the business more attractive to a lot of people because they have people who are not interested in carrying on the family legacy or don't have the expertise, right? So what I think businesses have to start to think about very quickly is think about the structure that you have in place in your business today. When you do evaluation of your business today, it already gives you an idea of how much you can potentially sell the business. And if you want your business to return 10x, 20x, <laughs> you know, as it were, there are things that you have to put in place. You need to identify what the value drivers 
in the business is right and ensure that those value drivers are now being sort of improved or driven more efficiently so that you know they drive or they 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 accrue more value to the business it's important i spoke about business structure it's so important when you build a business that is wound around one individual right and everything all the all the business decision making even the deal making in terms of the business generating business is around one person by the time you want to sell that kind of business it's not going to command so much in the market because the potential buyers of the business will already start to see it as a red flag right where you have a business that doesn't have competent team like you know you don't have a team that is rock solid the problem for the person that is coming to take over the business that wants to buy it is okay if we don't have a rock solid team how do we get this business going forward to you know return value to those of us that are now buying it right so again there are so many things to think about but what comes to mind for me first of all is basically if you're thinking of exiting your business by selling it is to establish what the value of that business is today and what you're potentially looking at say you're going to sell your business in 10 years or in 20 years how much in multiple of that value today would you want the business to be worth by then and then what do you need to do to be able to get the business to be worth that amount by that time that's what two look at the business structure look at it from the legal structure look at it from the structure of the management of the business look at the business as well is the business scalable because again people that will be you know interested in buying your business they want to buy a business that is scalable right they want to buy a business that can continue to grow and return you know their own return expectations at the end of the day so what changes do you have to make in the business model today to make it scalable and adaptable for the future those are the immediate thoughts that i'll share excellent thank you so much for your time um Abiola. can you please share your contact details if anyone wants to get hold of you you can easily get me on LinkedIn. Abiola Dejiro, do for me on LinkedIn. On Instagram, do for me, I'm Biola Flow, B-I-O-L-A-F-L-O-W. Uh, you can also visit my website, um, bialaflow.com is my personal website. My company website is uh, midrigeinternational.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. We look forward to everyone joining us tomorrow again at 11 a.m. Central African time, 10 a.m. West African time. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thank you.